Craig, you got to be happy. I remembered the name of our show. It was embarrassing. <laughs> we rebranded our show, and I I was at this point last week. I'm like, oh, what are we calling ourselves? But it's a Chris and Craig show. So I got my co-host here with me, Craig. We've got a special guest co-host, in Megan Henry from the Columbus Dispatch. Welcome back, Megan. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Good. Yeah, it's fun. We got you for the hour. I mean, usually we have Megan on for 15 minutes, but she's got to run. So it's great to have Megan uh, for the hour. And we also have Brooks Holt. Um, Brooks is a YouTuber, and I am very jealous. I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, he goes around and plays venture golf around the country. And I am I'm jealous. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. So thanks for coming on, Brooks. How are you today? Good, good. Thank y'all for having me. And, and you're at your house in Nashville. I'm very jealous, too. How's Nashville these days? Growing too fast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can imagine that. So um, we're going to have links to your stuff so people can know where to find you. But you've got a YouTube channel. Now, is this your full-time gig right now? Yeah, this has been the full-time gig since 2018. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, around this time, 2018. So you go around with your girlfriend and your family, and you play miniature golf every – is it every day? I mean, how does this work? I, I, I got so many questions about this. <laughs> It's deceptive with you just take it from what you see online. So like we're home basically for the entire summer just because it's so hot. So we'll go out and film like 30, 40, 50 videos, stockpile them because we have to get back and edit them and do all that stuff for the ones that I do. And then just slowly release them three or four a week. So if we film 30 videos on a trip, we're good for two and a half, almost three months. And then that just adds up and adds up and adds up. Like we're still releasing videos that we shot uh, like – april may june of last year like we still have stockpile from that hmm. and we just intersperse all of that. that's why you see us like we'll be in denver one day and orlando the next day and hopping all over the country is it's just a variety bag basically so what's a road trip like for you guys i mean are you gone for weeks or you... sometimes yeah like we did a trip the longest trip we've ever done was last year actually like right like right during COVID. it was like may june july when stuff started opening back up Okay. Um, so we just needed content. We're like, we're going to run out of content if we don't get on the road because when COVID shut everything down. So we were, we hit like eight states on that trip. We kind of just like kept looking for new places opening up and we were gone for about two months, like I think seven weeks. So that wow. was the longest trip we've ever done. We try to get better about doing it because that, that's exhausting. Like that really wears you out. So we try to do now like at most a month, depending on kind of the situation which is still a long time, but yeah. So you guys go and hit up miniature golf places. I, I'm curious, and, and hopefully we can – I don't want to ask a two-personal question here, but, like, how do you monetize the podcast? I know you have some ads here and there. Uh, do these places pay you to come out and check out? Because it's got to be – I mean, you've got 192,000 subscribers, so it's got to be good publicity for them if you go play somebody's – golf course I and mean, how, how do you make the business part of what you do work it's uh so right i can go into the second part afterwards but so sure. for just youtube just the youtube side of things it's 98 percent ads it's okay. all ads um like we've never i've never asked for we one we've only had probably less than 20 courses even ever comp a game for us like okay. most don't even know who we are Oh, like wow. very selective ones either I'll reach out to and try to work something out to film early. And then I'll be like, Hey, if you can comp the game, like we'd appreciate it. 
um, or they know who we are, like our friends or whatever, and they'll like just let us play for free, which is always appreciated because I mean it's yeah. expensive. Like some courses are really expensive, but no, like ninety percent do not even know who we are. We just show up, pay, and walk like walk on the course. There's like, oh, this dude's got a camera. Like usually people are like, oh, you're gonna take pictures. I'm like, yep, because it <laughs> makes it just ends the conversation easier, and we just walk off, start filming. Well, I've so been it's ninety like it's ninety eight percent ads. Yeah, I thought it was strange because I've been watching random videos of you guys, and I can't remember which ones I've seen, but there was one where you had gallery. Like, you had six people oh, watching yeah. you for a couple of holes. <laughs> I'm like, that, whoa, this is crazy. Um, if it's the one I'm thinking, yeah, that was – I think that was out in Texas, if it was the course that I'm thinking. And they people just recognized us, like like a family saw us, and they recognized okay. who we were. And then they were playing in front of us, and then they just waited at the end. Like, we didn't – that wasn't a planned thing. They literally just like, hey, let's see them finish. And we're like – Okay, <laughs> well, okay, sure, and uh, it made it into the video. That was not well, that was not planned at all. Most of the time, no one knows who we are. Well, it's we, try, funny. we try to fly really under the radar. Yeah, and you got me doing something right because I've seen other YouTube people where there's ads all over the place. There's, I mean, you can't go ten seconds without dropping a commercial here or there, and so your people don't know you're coming and everything else, and that's surprising because I, I gotta think. You know, miniature golf places. I mean, Megan could talk to us, I'm sure. Um, like many other businesses are struggling right now with COVID. And man, if if you called somebody and said, Hey, I got 192,000 subscribers, I'm gonna play your course, you'd think people would pay you for that, right? Like, I mean, it's kind of a, a double edged thing with especially with the all the COVID stuff too. Like, I don't want to take like anyone's money. Like, I'm doing very fine just on the ads inside. So like I'm not wow. we're gonna show up and play regardless. So like I'm not gonna I've never I've always thought that was kind of weird asking like hey hey us and we'll come film your place but I'm gonna do it regardless like I don't like that okay. kind of that mindset because I'm in a very fortunate position but like back in probably 2018 and 2019 we would try to reach out to like every course just like hey we'd love to come by like even like what's the least busy time mm -hmm. which is yeah. why usually in videos like you don't see anybody there because we're filming like weekdays when kids are in school whatever like just hey when's the list least busy time so we'd love to come by and film and i'll get like one out of 30 responses from the courses like no one responds and like after that i'm like okay well i'm just not gonna bother trying i know what works so we'll just show up and pay and do our thing and if they recognize us when we get there by whatever weird chance cool we'll go from there but it's just like it wasn't worth my time anymore trying to do it unless it's a very specific course if it's just like a whatever course doesn't really matter um yeah. And that's just kind of been the way we've been doing it since basically 2020. Okay, so I got to give you your origin story. It's your girlfriend, right? Um, Alicia, mm -hmm. right? Oh, Holton. Yeah. Um, so did you meet her before you did this golf thing? How did things start yeah. with that? So we met in 2015 when we okay. assumed it was still a thing. So we were both – basically, we both met at a mutual friend's party. Okay. And then just hit off and we started dating. And then the mini golf stuff didn't start happening until – Full time until 2020 or 2018, excuse me. And like we'd randomly film like a random, I was doing like the daily vlogging thing ever since We as Human ended in 2015, just trying to make something work and try to make a little bit of money from YouTube doing that. And then we did a random mini golf video that's from a course that's in Franklin, Tennessee, actually, where I was living at the time. It did really well for the size of the channel at the time, like 2,000 subscribers. It got like 50,000 views. It was like, oh, cool. And then we kind of just, slowly just over time started doing more as just a vlog and then we we're like in 2018 i wonder if we could actually turn this into something if we did just like 
nothing but mini golf. Let's just see how people respond to it. And it just went full time into that. And, and you're a drummer by trade. You play with some bands that were down in the Tennessee area. What made you decide mini golf? Like, was that something you guys enjoyed? Was it like, you know, was that a popular date that you guys went on? I mean, why mini golf and not Frisbee or. It was, it was that video. It was that one video in 2017 that sparked it. Like, so I was doing this daily blogging, like vlogging my day, which was very boring in hindsight. Yeah. Um, after the band thing ended and I wasn't doing any touring or anything. And then when we did that one course in Franklin, it did really well. It was like, oh, interesting. Like this got 25 times the views that a normal video got. And then tried it again. It just courses around the area. And they all did relatively well, especially compared to the other like vlog stuff I was posting. So it was like, okay, people really seem to like this. Let's just see what we can do with it. I mean, it's fun. Like we grew up, my grandparents had a, have a place in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is literally like the mini golf capital of the country. It's got like okay. 30, cor- 30 courses within like 20 miles. It's ridiculous. So we like, we, we always played as kids and stuff like that, going to the beach or whatever. Um, so it's like, it's fun. Let's just see what happens. And then it just very quickly snowballed in 2018 into what it became now. And now I'm just the mini golf person. Like people don't know. <laughs> 99% of people that know who I am do not know what I did before this, oh, which is really wow. funny. Yeah, and I, how has she reacted to this? Because here, here's my wife. You know, I'll take her on a date once, I'll have fun, and I'll be like, all right, let's go do the same thing again. She turns up her nose and gets mad. Is, <laughs> is she good with still doing miniature golf, or is she like, come on? I mean, I'm sure you have other dates. I'm sure you have other things you do together. Yeah. But does she ever get tired of miniature golf, or is she still in? I mean, not when it comes to like just in general. No, mm-hmm. like we'll both get sick of it at the end of like a long trip, which is nice okay. that we can do like we'll go film for a month and then not have to play again for three months. Like, and then you kind of get the itch to like, that'd be fun to go do again. So we go mm-hmm. do it. Um, but it works out because it did happen so gradually. It wasn't just like, a, hey, we're going to do this. And it's all forced. It was kind of like, it just fell into place. But like, she likes to travel and so do I. So like, we'll always try to work out places. It's convenient that most tourist destinations relatively speaking are where a lot of mini golf is because that's where tourists are going to go and spend their money mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a work vacation for at least half of the places we go like a lot of beaches have mini golf which she loves like panama and places destin places like that in the gulf and like orlando's got a lot of mini golf and there's disney and universal down there and stuff like that so it kind of works out it's like hey we got to go film for four at five hours depending on the situation and then we can just go do whatever we want the rest of the day so like we get to see the country and it's kind of like a work vacation so it's a it's it's a lot more balanced than it comes across like it's exhausting a lot of the time but it's we try to keep it now that we know kind of what we're doing more really well balanced so we don't get burned out because otherwise we would i was having a tough time I, I was watching one video where they were at a tiger woods miniature golf course so tiger actually designed a miniature golf course and they were trying to hit this shot like this putt that you could win oh, yeah. something major they literally oh did God. 300 putts and i was having a hard time sticking around for the 300 putt and <laughs> how was that for you guys i mean you literally did 300 putts in an hour man dude that was it was hot too like that's florida <laughs> um like they worked with us which is the only reason why we were able to do that so like we got to keep trying yeah and yeah i literally ran my camera and my phone battery dead like we weren't yeah. going to stop so it's like every time like that one out of 20 times that it actually like hit the cup and bounced out. If you saw the video, it was like, Oh, if we can just do that again. It might bounce in. And it was kind of like a 
re-spark to get you going again. But dude, that was exhausting. We were so, and we had just filmed two other videos, the two other courses there before that too. So like we were already tired and hungry and then trying to do that. We we're like, oh yeah, it'll probably take us like 45 minutes. Like how hard could it actually be? Two hours later and it's like, okay, we were wrong. And, and your girlfriend was playing for Apple Watch, right? Yeah. So yeah she had motivation. Like a, I mean, yeah. we just made like a funny bet with it. Just to, yeah. One, just because like, hey, it's incentive. And two, it gets people to stick around to the end just in case someone makes it. So <laughs> it's a win-win. Well, just a reminder, our listeners, we're talking to Brooks Holt. Uh, he does a miniature golf channel where you can see Brooks and his girlfriend and your mom and dad. So do, does your mom and dad live in Tennessee? Do they travel with you? Because I see they show up on some of these uh, shows too. Yeah, it's just uh, if they're if they're able to get to a place that we are, which is usually like Myrtle because we have family a place mm -hmm. down there, and Pigeon Forge just because we like going to Pigeon Forge and we have some friends in that area that run some stuff, and then like Orlando, like the Florida area. If you look, like almost every video they're in, it's one of those three places, okay. just because that's where they vacation also, mm -hmm. and they like we as a family go, so it just kind of works out. But uh, no, so they live in uh, North Carolina, which is where both of us are originally from. Oh, okay. So like we're like we're hours from each other, so that's why it's very sporadic when we're in videos together. I know you and your girlfriend put yourself out there because you're on the YouTube channel, but have they become stars too? I mean, <laughs> do people look for? Do I mean, I'm sure people. people I'm sure people try to follow them on like Instagram or whatever, which is I still think kind of odd. Like you do you, but whatever. Um, yeah. But like, no, they don't care. I don't think they could really care. All there's like, oh, cool, we'll be in your video. Like that'll be fun. I mean, because they enjoy playing mini golf too. It's just a fun thing to do. Like when we're at the beach, so it's like, well, I might as well film it because it's my job. So I'll bring the camera with us, and it's just basically turn on the camera, and everything happens as if it wasn't there. Watch, they're going to start a Brooks Parents YouTube channel where they go around playing miniature golf, and they'll get back at you. They're, they're playing cool right now. They're saying, yeah, who cares? But I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. So. It's fun. It's fun when they get to join us, though. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to have more people in it. And it's funny too because you guys play well. You guys play some courses really well, and you guys don't play other courses well too. I, I saw a comment once. People were saying you guys should be on Holy Moly, you know, the ABC Mitch Golf Course. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, so they reached out. I've talked really? to them before. Wow. Yeah, for season one, kind of, and then season two, they were like, hey. Um, they, I think they just sent it to like every person mm -hmm. in like the golf social media mm -hmm. realm, probably like, Hey, we'd love for you to audition, blah, 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 whatever. And the audition was when we were going to be already in Florida on a filming trip and okay. it worked that we did it. I'm glad I said no, because that trip was when right before it was sorry, January and February of last year was when oh, the filming yeah. would have been. And we filmed like 50 videos, which got us through COVID. So okay. if I would have said yes, we would have not had enough content. Yeah. To make it through, and I wouldn't have known if I would have made it on the show. Like yeah. I might not even been what they wanted and put it into the show. So no, I get comments about it all the time. And I'm like, I've been asked. Honestly, I'm not the most interested. Like it'd be a cool thing. I've said before, like it'd be cool to not even be on the show, but like show the course, like for a video for us, because yeah. like you only see a very tiny percentage of it on the actual show. Like it's more of the gags and all that, which is fun. Mm -hmm. But I think it'd be really cool to actually like play the course and show people, and then they you could see the entire thing, like everything that got like the people had built for that project. Mm -hmm. And I suggested that to them, and then I'm still waiting a year and a half later to hear back. <laughs> so I don't think they're interested in that part at all. Oh man! So I was like, okay, I'm good. So I just don't even respond to those comments anymore, just because I've answered it so many times. 
are, are people more excited about miniature golf now? I mean, it, see, here's the thing. And uh, Craig was on the show at this time, but last year I got in this really weird cornhole fix where I'm buying a cornhole set. I had a professional cornhole player on. I'm almost feeling that way toward miniature golf, and me golf's a nice COVID safe thing to do. So, yeah, are, are, are people more excited about? Do you hear from people saying, "Man, I'm playing mini golf more. I want to be like you guys." It seems like honestly, it seems like it, and we. I joke, I don't, I do not mean this at all, but I make the joke like, did we help with that? Because I feel like we really brought it back into the limelight a little bit just from the YouTube stuff. Because it seemed like 2019, 2020 was when it started like really spiking up. Yeah. And I'm like, was it just a coincidence? And obviously it benefits me because people are searching and they're going to find me from it. Or was it the other way around? It's like, oh, these people are getting a lot, this, this type of content is getting a lot of attention. So then more people are going to see it because of that. And then it all just kind of springboards off of each other and just keeps going up. I have no idea, but I ain't complaining because it helps me. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not seeing it may ever many golf channels. Maybe I'm not looking close enough, but there's a, there's a few golf channels that'll randomly do mini golf that I'm aware of. But I think when it comes to like, Hey, this is what we do. It's not a side thing. I don't think not. I know not to the scale. I, I know of a few creators that do it, but not to the scale and consistency that I think that we do. Because we're fortunate that it is my full time job. Like I have to do this. Yeah. It's like going to work like anybody else. So I have to keep making the content. All right. Now I got to apologize. I'm hogging me up because I, I I'm into miniature golf now. Well, I got Craig and Megan. Now I'm sure are listening, but they're like, man, we, we want to ask a question too. You have any questions for Brooks, Megan, or Craig? Megan, you can go ahead first if you like. All right, yeah, I got I got a couple. Uh, so, okay. what is your favorite course that you've played at? So, I'll give so there's two or three, and I can't say one of them because the video hasn't been released yet, okay. and it'd be oh, like a spoiler okay. to one that's coming. But right. it's a very cool course in Texas, and it's huge. So whenever it gets released in the next month or two, it's just a massive course, and you'll probably be able to figure it out. Um, besides that, uh, Mount Atlanticus is really fun. That's the channel that. That's the video in the course that probably blew the channel up originally the most. And then parking outside Chicago is really fun. Uh, just I like I like more gimmicky stuff a lot of the time um, than just like, hey, this is a straight up skill based game. Like, I don't care. Um, I like the gimmicky fun stuff. And then like Crave and Toy Box up in Pigeon Forge. Like those are three. It, like it depends on my mood. Like if I want just like a really simple like well themed course or the Disney courses, or if I want something a little more skill based, and then that's the one that's the video that hasn't been released yet. Okay. So nice. it can look. It depends on my mood, which direction I want to fall. Right. I'm excited so, to see the the video that to figure out which one which one. It's you're really right? cool. It's gonna be a really cool. <laughs> it's just it's really big and it's just it's a very unique course, unlike a typical looking mini golf course. So it'll stand out when you see it's like, that's different. It's probably that one. Okay, nice. And it's in the woods. If that helps (laughs) narrow it down. (laughs) I think it's going to come out in the next few weeks. I haven't figured it out yet. Well, I'm excited to see it. Um, It's I'm pumped for this video. It's really cool. What you were saying about growing up, going to Myrtle beach. I too. So my summer is going to Myrtle beach and doing the mini golf courses there. Uh, and we have a couple of courses in Columbus, and they're not quite the same, but they are pretty fun. I went about a month ago to a course in one of the suburban uh, communities in Columbus, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, and it has actually two courses, so 36 holes. Um, okay, nice. And, and I got I got two holes in one, which I was pretty proud of myself. But hey. what, yeah, but what um, 
what advice do you have for amateur mini golfers like myself and our <laughs> listeners uh, for getting a hole in one? Uh, I, so we don't play, like we don't play real golf. Like we don't, we're not trying to get better. Like I'm sure it just happens like over time, but like, we're not like trying to actively get better at the sport. We're just playing for fun. So I literally say just hit it and hope and see what happens. <laughs> like that's literally all I got. Cause that's all we do. Like it's like 10% skilled, 90% luck for our side of the coin. But I see you so. mapping out. You're like, you know, you take a look at the hole before and say, I'm going to try to go this side. I mean, Hey, that's more playing than some of us do. Yeah. That's the 10% skill coming in right there. I <laughs> okay. Like, I think right. this might work. And then the 90% is if it actually works. Okay. Cause if you, if you probably add up the amount of times that ha I say that, and then if it works or it doesn't, it's probably like one out of 10. Okay. <laughs> but now like we, we just play for fun. So okay. I don't really have a good answer for that. Hmm. And then have fun and then it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got. What else you got, Megan? Sorry to interrupt. No, no, you're fine. Uh, Craig, what what do you have for Brooks? Well, first off, I want to shout out uh, the lefty love. I'm a left-handed uh, golfer as yes. well. Um, but, you know, we, you know, Megan asked you about your favorite courses. Has there ever been a, a hole or a course in general that you just despise, that you, you go there and you think, I want to quit this this life because I can't get past this hole. Is there a, a toughest hole in the country that you've been around? Oh, I think we lost him there. Uh oh. Yeah, I think we lost Brooks. Um, hopefully, you liked your question. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's some off. So. There he, he's back. He's back. Yeah. That's Xfinity for you, I guess. Yeah, um, there he is. He's back. All right. I have a gigabit internet. I don't know why that should have been happening. Um. Oh, not sure, yeah, not sure. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, first off, uh, just you know, Megan asked you about your favorite course or your your favorite holes. What what's has there been a, a course or a hole that you just hated and despised and just made you want to maybe quit that day or not want to play anymore? Where was that cor that course at or that hole at? They're far and few between. But shout out to God, it's somewhere outside Atlanta. I want to say Marietta. I could be wrong. It's like at a fun park and just. It could have been on purpose, could have been just didn't want to spend the money. Nothing was level, and there was one hole that it, it did. There was probably about a foot radius around the hole that was flat. Anything else was rolling straight back down the hill, no matter what you did, like straight back to start. It would break off, roll down the wall, and just straight back to the beginning. And it was just a pain. Like, it was, it, that was all luck. Like, if you get it in, good for you. If not, it's just play to your six, and then we were like, screw it. We're Moving on, I'm done. Because it was just getting old really fast. Do you like find, that's one that stands out? Do you kind of find like your golf game, or well, I guess your mini golf game, has gotten better over time, or because the all the holes are different and things you know are more elaborate than others, that it's like you said, it's that ninety percent luck, or do you feel like you've gotten better as a putter, um, you know, since you started doing all this? Um, I'm sure we've gotten a little bit better, just because we do it so often but then again like we'll go three months and not play at all and we probably lose like right. half of that that we just got um because people will comment like we i watched one of your old videos from 2018 or 19 whatever and then this one y'all are so much better and then we'll play <laughs> the, like the next video will be like we shoot like 50 or something like that and they're like you suck and i'm like yeah i know because like, we're not trying to get better so i don't think so I, i'm sure there's a little bit like hey you can you hold the club better now and you swing better or something. But outside of that, I don't think so. 
is there a course that you haven't played yet around the country that you're you're kind of itching to get to or i mean mm -hmm. any, oh, any you want to visit that you haven't visited yet to play or just anywhere in general so one and depending on when this comes out we might have filmed gotten to film it by now but uh putt shack which is a new kind of concept they started in the uk and they just opened a course in atlanta and i think it's one coming to chicago and a few other places it's like i'm gonna call it like the future futuristic mini golf i guess like you don't count like it's all point based not stroke based depending on like certain actions you do everything's electronically counted connected to your golf ball and like it just knows like there's sensors and different like you put it through this thing you'll get 10 points and then less strokes you get more points and it's all tallied to your golf ball running through the entire property like it's I have no idea exactly how it works, but we've been talking to them about going down to film the one in Atlanta, hopefully next month. And I'm really excited just to see how that works. So it's kind of like, if you think how kind of like how Top Golf works, yeah. like, like how the balls work, similar concept shrunk down is what I understand it as. Okay. So I'm really curious to see how that works. Okay. And I think, yeah, I think my final question would be, um, you know, do you kind of feel like, at some point or another, you're going to stop doing this, or maybe is it something that you're going to do for as long as you physically possibly can? Or, you know, do you envision yourself being like a 70 year old man playing mini golf with, with your girl and, and, you know, having fun on a, a new course or a course that you've played 20 times? Yeah. That's a question that I like have existential crises about all the time. <laughs> like how long is this going to work for? Well, I apologize then in advance. <laughs> so no, it's a, it's definitely a thought I've had before. And I kind of look at it. It's kind of like the, uh, like the dude perfect mindset is kind of how I look at it. Like it's one of those, I feel like mini golf is one of those things, just like their trick shots up where it's not a, what's the word for it? Um, a time-based or no, not that like, like fidget spinners. Like it was a very, like whatever year it came out for like three months, it was everywhere. And then no one cares about it anymore. Can't make a channel off of that. But mini golf, I feel like one of the things like you're going to have people that grow out of it and then you're going to have people that are going to grow into it. So the channel will stay relevant is what my, is my first hope. And then if like, well, I'll do it as long as I enjoy it. Cause again, it's kind of like work vacations. We get to travel, we get to do all this stuff. Yeah. And then we just film for a few hours of the day and then get to do everything else. It's no different than doing like a nine to five job at that point when it comes to this time, time basis. So no, I'm hope like as long as it can pay the bills and it does well, like I don't see myself. I don't know why I would stop. As long as it keeps going up slowly but surely, like I have no reason for that. So yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> what well, and great question from Craig and Megan. A couple things that I want to ask you real quick. We'll want to keep you too much longer. How do you know? Like you talked about, you had two thousand followers when you first started this thing. How do you know when you can really sit there with a YouTube channel and say? holy cow, we're, we're to a place where this could become full-time. Like, is there a certain number when you start having that conversation? Um, oh, yeah, there's definitely a number. Like, when it can – I mean, it, you can kind of see it, it. You can see, like, the graph going up or whatever financially. And then just once it – I feel like when you can kind of take what a normal 9-to-5, like, average 9-to-5 job would pay. If, it, if you can do it through YouTube, they can pay your bills and expenses and all that. It's kind of like, if it's consistent for a few months, why not? It's kind of the way I look at it. Okay. Like, it, it's a, it was a very natural situation. Like, it wasn't just like a, we're going to take a chance. Like, when we did that trip in 2018 that blew the channel up, like, we took a chance because we had the money to do it from all the money that was saved the year prior. 
And then that was like, okay, now this is making enough money that it's it's completely able to replace everything. Well, Megan, like, Megan and I are going to spend the next half hour planning our YouTube channel. So thank you. Very good yeah, information. Right. Yeah. And I, I should have asked this beforehand. In Ohio, we're based in Ohio. You can listen to all over the world. But is there an Ohio course that sticks out? I think you were actually at Westville Mini Golf. That may have been the one that Megan was talking mm -hmm. about in the area. Uh, what, did that stick out, or is there another Ohio course? I know it's unfair to ask, but you've been to so many different courses. But yeah, a lot blur, a lot blurs together. Um, yeah. I know there was one. It was at a like a dairy farm, um, Utters and Putters. Oh. It's in Yellow Springs or something like that. Wrong. Okay, Ohio. Like not because it was an amazing course, like it was fun, but not because it was like amazing standout, whatever. But just some really random stuff happened, like while filming it, and then for some reason, that place stands out to me. Like that one does. Magic Castle in Dayton stands out. That was a good course. Uh, now Yellow Springs, Dave Chappelle lives around there. Yeah, which oh, is really you didn't see yeah. Dave Chappelle working because he's shown up in strange places around Yellow Springs. It's a crazy. Maybe story. he was playing behind you or something. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's very possible. Yeah. Like, okay. I remember that place being like in the middle of nowhere. Like, you just mm -hmm. like we, we drove forever to get to it the first time. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, that one stands out. Do you ever go to these elaborate courses and, and all these, like, we, you know, you watch some of the YouTube and you'll see some of these elaborate course designs. And then you go to like, do, can you ever go back to like the normal standard, what you think of windmills and, you know, small little nooks and crannies? I mean, can you go back to those sort of mundane courses like you would see at a normal town and normal cities you know or can you can you play those and have just as much fun oh uh, i mean I'll, i won't argue that like the crazy wacky stuff is definitely like it, it once you play it it's like it's hard to compare i feel like it's not fair like if it wasn't for youtube i pr like if i was a pick i would definitely go the other way like 99 percent of the time okay but for the job yeah i'll go back and do yeah. it <laughs> But yeah, like once you play some of these bigger courses, like it's almost like, it's like I make the joke like whenever I see a fireworks show after seeing Disney's fireworks, it's like oh watch them, but it's not the same. It's a totally different thing. Probably don't get so, as many clicks for the uh, you know the 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 standard bear kind of courses that have been around for sixty years. I would imagine. Right. Yeah, that part helps too. When I when you <laughs> get to a course and you look at it, like this is going to get a lot of views. Right. Like yeah. it's it that's a nice feeling. Okay, I but it's still fun regardless. Sure. Awesome. Let me ask you this one more thing and we'll let you go. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you've done a lot of music. You play drums for bands and everything. I know after COVID, it seems like every band in the world, um, Christian, mainstream, otherwise, are, I'm sure are going to be touring because you know they're able to tour now. Um, do you ever want to get back into that, like you know, playing with a band if, if you get the call or uh, even on a part-time basis? What's, what's your thoughts about that? So I always make the fun comparison that I feel like we're almost doing, we're living like 80% of the same lifestyle. It's always living when playing in bands, except like, unless you're in a really big band and yeah. I wasn't, I love my time, especially with we as human. I, those were some of my good friends. Um, we're not sleeping in sketchy hotels now. Right. We're not having to eat like just McDonald's dollar menu. Cause it's what we can afford. Yeah. Um, and we can like take regular showers. And I'm actually like making a living with it. So I've really never honestly had like the desire. Like I'll look at a random video from Louise Human Days, be like, man, that was fun. Mm -hmm. But what I and like what I do it is a like a one off. If the guy's like, hey, let's just do one random show. Yeah. Man, it'd be rusty. But yeah, I would do that. But like, like, hey, do you want to go out on a tour? 
I'd be like, yeah. nah, I'm good. Plus, I haven't, I honestly have not touched a drumstick since 2019. Wow. No, okay. 2018, probably. Wow. So, like, I haven't played at all. So, like, Makes yeah, perfect so sense. A, yeah. Like, I feel like we do, like, we travel. A lot of people are seeing us. It's just on the internet instead of on the stage. And just the subject's a little different, but the lifestyle yeah. is kind of similar, actually. Which is you get the same rush? Do you get the same rush? The adrenaline rush of uh, going out and trying to score high on a you know score well on your on your putts or I mean is the um, same type of adrenaline for the the YouTube side of it? It's more so like when you have a really cool course in your like a really cool video and you're really happy with how the edit is like the one that I was, the one I was telling Megan about that I haven't released yet and pressing that publish button. Yeah. It's the adrenaline rush of like is it going to do well or is it just going to crash and burn? Because you have no idea. Right. It's a completely oh, yeah. random guess. So well, that's the adrenaline rush, is the seeing what the public thinks about it. Like, we'll get excited for certain courses for sure. But that's the bigger adrenaline rush for me, okay. is on the business side of it, is seeing if people actually like it. <laughs> well, I, I, I know what you mean, Brooks, because we're all journalists in Ohio. And I, I, I can't speak for Megan and Craig, but I think they got the same feelings we have, you know. When you pub that story or you put on social media, yeah, it, it gets exciting. You want to make sure you have a story that gets locked quick. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we definitely know what you're going through. Especially like, when you see that, that video start to, like, take off a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, something good could happen here. And that's when, yeah, that's an adrenaline rush. I, when I write, I don't write as much as those guys do. I, I, Boy, maybe I'm revealing too much here, but I like to look at my analytics so I like to stare and say, wow, my story's going to lie clicks. It's good. So, hey, I, I think you're the same way, Brooks. So it makes you feel better. Oh, yeah. I, I do oh, that, yeah. too. Don't worry about it. Chris. Okay. All right. Everybody does that. Everybody my, does that. My, my face got red. Like, oh, man, I'm in, 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 in making something weird. But thank you for uh, admitting to that, too, guys. I feel like it's oh. impossible not to do that. Right. When yeah. you have a career like this. You just oh, wanna, yeah. You just have to know. You want to know, but you have to know, too. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, like, yeah, there's there are two sides to it. One side you just want to, and the other side you literally have to. Mm-hmm. Brooks, well, what's uh, what's uh, uh, your next goal for the channel? What are some of your goals for the channel for the rest of the year? Um, I would. We're just getting close to two hundred thousand subscribers, so that's gonna be that'll be a huge thing to cross because we hit we went from zero to hundred k so fast because we had so many viral videos in twenty eighteen, like real really quick, and then once things kind of leveled out to like, hey, this is normal. Um, it slowed down a lot. So getting close to 200 K is really cool. And then 250 K will kind of be like the, you're a quarter of the way to a million, that type of mindset. So that's probably the next, the next goal. I try not to make goals like that because they're completely out of my control, relatively speaking. But like, that's the next, like I'm on the edge of it. I feel like is that, and then like, we're gonna have a Facebook team that's been growing Facebook a lot. Cause I feel like there's a lot of potential there and hitting hundred K on there, hopefully in the next maybe two or three months will be really cool also because we just started that this year. So going from zero to hundred K in less than a year will be a really cool thing to say we pulled off if that happens. Very so cool. those are really the, those are the main two, I guess. We'll give you the Chris and Craig show bump. So you'll, you'll yeah, get there yeah, hey, thank you. later, man. We'll get <laughs> thank you. you. Well, and now we put ourselves up a way too high on the pedestal. Brooks is going to be scanning his subscribers. If it doesn't go up by 9,000, I'll be like, ah, those guys. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll get you a couple. Let's put it that way. Hey, Maybe I'll be good. Hey, one's more than I had before. So that's all that matters. I, I like your thinking. Well, Brooks Holt from YouTube uh, used to drum, and now he's doing miniature golf. What a life. I like my job. I'm very jealous. I want to say, it's a man, weird, 
It's we'll a weird lifestyle. You, we'll trade you for the day or <laughs> yeah, I, I would volunteer to ride along, but that would be kind of weird. You know, hey, it's Brooks, my girlfriend, and Chris. It would, sound, it would just be very awkward. So yeah. I, I guess it won't work out. But Brooks, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate your patience. And yeah, love to have you back on when you hit those new goals. So uh, thanks so much. Um, and we'll link to your um, YouTube page. All you have to do is search for Brooks, H O L T, and you're there. So Thanks for your time, Brooks. We'll be in contact soon. Thanks for taking some time talking to us. Sounds good. Thank you for having Thank me. Thanks so much, Brooks. Bye. Later. Bye. All right. The great Brooks Holt. And thank you for your patience. I didn't know how much time Brooks had. We went way over what we said we would. So thank, thanks to Brooks. I really appreciate it. And uh, just very, very good information. I don't know. I, I want my own YouTube channel. What would you guys do for a YouTube channel if you, you could do one? Hmm. Hmm. That's a I think, good question. I, I think what um, I, I like playing video games, although I'm not like the gamer gamer type like everybody else is. Um, but I do play uh, NHL, EA Sports NHL. I would probably do like franchise mode games on NHL. Um, that would probably be the only thing. Or singing to my dogs, maybe. <laughs> I think I could probably maybe carve out a niche there. Yeah, I mean, Megan, any thoughts? Um, I think I, I really enjoy the, the batting cages, and my friends uh, know that's a favorite hobby of mine. So I'm not quite sure how that'd be a YouTube channel, but maybe going to like some awesome ballparks and seeing, uh, I don't know, how far I can hit or some kind of crazy, uh, I don't know, thing with batting or some, something softball, baseball related. <laughs> yeah, maybe I've, been, I've been on a strange YouTube click recently. Um, you know, I work from home, so. You got to put something on you can watch if I'm being too distracted during the day. There's this guy, Zach Hampel, who's a baseball guy. And yeah. I guess he used to play baseball somewhere. And he goes to these ballparks and he gets like 20 baseballs a day, which is very strange. He goes to these major league games. And you think about it, if you catch one foul ball, you're like, whoa, what a day. Right. I mean, he asks people for balls. It's amazing. So He's I a very polarizing figure. He's He's got a lot of haters and a lot of love, but uh, – because you can actually pay for him to help you get yes. a baseball at whatever oh. park you're at. So some oh. people like it. Some people think it's like, okay, he's one of those like ball hawks, they call him. Mm -hmm. HBO Sports had an interesting story on him a few years yeah. ago, um, kind of talking about how people hate him and people love him at the same time because he literally goes to stadiums and will basically – go around and not steal balls, but he'll get in front of people and do what he needs to do to get his foul balls. So huh. an interesting personality. Well, here's the, I gained a ton of respect for Brooks because Zach is, and again, we all have our own way of doing it. I'm going to talk to some advertisers at the end of this podcast. So I hate to be like, Oh, we would never do that. Hey, if you pay us, we'll be your shill. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll talk about you forever if you pay me. So I, that sounds weird, but no, what I'm saying is I'm, I can be by, you know, I don't know. I'm making myself look bad. But no, but the thing is, I have all the respect to the world for Brooks because he does organically. And, you know, if you have a lot of subscribers, YouTube will pay you for ads. Um, Zach, and I'm not sure if this is what you're referring to, uh, Craig, but Megan, Zach, if you want him to go to your game and if you want him to, if you want to be in the pot in the video with him, I'll upload mm -hmm. to YouTube, kind of like you see at Brooks, it's a thousand bucks per game. But wow. people do that, which is kind of crazy. Man, if somebody would pay me a thousand bucks for in the podcast, give me a call. <laughs> you, we'll, 
We'll we give you the four it, Megan, plus. if you want to give 500 and 500, Megan. No, you can, no, you no. Can <laughs> I asked Megan. Megan didn't offer to pay me, but yeah, if somebody else, hey, I'll, yeah. I'll take money from somebody else. That'll be great. So, okay, well, Megan, again, thanks for your time. I want to talk to you about some of the stuff you have that you're working on. As you should know by now, if you listen to this podcast from AML of time, I think we talked about this last time Megan was on. This is probably, what, the 830th time you've been on, which is good. We enjoy it. Um, yes, I think I've lost I've lost track of how many times I've been on. So I love I love coming back. Yeah, I usually talk to you about there's old SNL joke <laughs> about like the five timers club and they give you a coat or a hat or something. Uh, you've gotten lots of coats by us, but thanks as always for coming on. Uh, you sent me a couple stories that you've been working on. I wanted a, a reference here. Um, you're talking. I, I love when people help others. Um, mm. The church I'm going to. Uh, you know, they have a big heart for giving the community. And you talked about this Pinkerton student that has been helping out people in West Africa. What did you find about that? Yes. So um, I had a family friend reach out to me, send me a link to this GoFundMe for um, this middle school student in Pickerington. And she basically um, started this nonprofit, essentially, uh, and they're raising money and people doing the school supplies. And basically she's uh, sending all the money and the school supplies that they get to um, uh, Guinea in Africa. And her family is from there. Her, um, she was born uh, in that country and then she came to the United States as a young child and then they moved to the Columbus area. And so her grandfather is actually the mayor of this uh, town in uh, Guinea where they're donating Ooh. the school supplies. Uh, yeah, because she was telling me how uh, before COVID she went um, – on a trip there with her family and, and saw these students carrying their school supplies either in, in their hands on their way to school or in like plastic bags like you get from like the store. Uh, but she didn't really see people having like book bags. Um, and some students didn't even have their school supplies to begin with. And so, you know, here I know I take for granted when I went to school, just having like being able to go uh, buy school supplies at Target, you know, Office Max, wherever, and having like a backpack and that kind of stuff. And so that really stuck out to her. And so she just started um, this nonprofit and people uh, donated to the GoFundMe or people at her school donated school supplies or money. And then they send it in June to this school and she's not going to stop there. She wants to keep collecting money, keep collecting school supplies to send back at some point to ship back uh, more supplies. And she hopes she has a really ambitious goal of building uh, a new school for this uh, community since the, the school they currently have um basically from the pictures that i've seen it's not very sturdy and if it's windy or rainy um you know the rain will come in through um the, the roof and things like that and so it's not really like the most sturdy or stable of, of the school and so it's not really conducive um for warning if it's um, if it's inclement weather so she hopes to one day build a build a school for this community. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I also too, and I, I think I inadvertently included the extra link on here, so let me fix that on our page. Uh, but you were also talking about, um, you know, this new school buildings opening here in Central Ohio. Yes, there's quite a few. I, I gotta pull up that story because there are quite a few. I don't want to get. I want to get my facts right. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so there are uh, at least six new school buildings that I found that are opening in the. Central Ohio area and in, in the suburbs mostly. Um, 
And one of them is uh, Arlington is opening a new high school that's got a lot of buzz. Um, and it's supposed to be uh, very big. They're putting the final touches on it, it seems. And it's uh, a little shy of 40,000 square feet, um, which is 100,000 more square feet than the previous school, which was built in the 50s. So they hadn't had a new school in, you know, 50 plus years. And so there's a lot of buzz around this new high school in Arlington. Uh, the, the pictures that I've seen, I haven't, I've not actually been in the building, but the pictures I've seen, they have a lot of like natural lighting. Uh, someone who, uh, one of my friends, I got to take a tour of it because she's an alum and she's in the alumni association. She said that the school, when she walked in the front doors, uh, it was the length of two football fields. So if you can oh, imagine okay. like two, um, you know, horseshoe, so to speak, uh, the school sounds massive. So that's, that's got a lot of attention. Um, my colleague Alyssa is going to be going to an open house here in the mm -hmm. middle of August for it. So we'll have a story about that. Um, and then Gahanna also is getting a new elementary school and it's actually their first school opening in 27 years. Uh, so that's certainly very exciting for, for that district as well. Uh, Olentangy and Dublin both have some new schools. Um, a new charter school is opening as well. And then also in Licking County, Southwest Licking is also getting a new high school. So a couple of new high schools going up in the area. Very good. Um, yeah, we talked to Alyssa. I, I got to tell you, Alyssa's been real busy. Oh, yeah. She's got the school beat in the zoo, and obviously there's stuff going at the zoo lately, too. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, she's had a very busy summer. Uh, yeah, the zoo's kept her very busy. She's working hard. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, it's interesting. I know um, the school I send our kids to, uh, they're opening, well, they went to a different building. It's not a brand new building, but they moved. So uh, what's the challenge that you've heard from people who are going to either new buildings that haven't been used yet or maybe moving? What's the biggest thing you're hearing from educators as they look at that this year? Is there any challenges they're facing? Ooh, that's a good question. I haven't really heard about challenges. Um, I was talking to, when I was talking to the districts about these buildings, a lot of them were hitting up on really similar things across the board about lots of natural lighting and they're really hitting up on the, the idea of like collaboration. And so they were trying to design spaces for that, um, for a lot more collaboration and like, and like teamwork among the students. So I didn't really hear about challenge. That's a good question though. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm going to do a story probably about Gahanna. Um, mm -hmm. since it's their first time opening a, a new school in uh, over two decades. So I'm, I'm sure there are probably some challenges that came along with that, as with any opening any new school or any new building. Well, I kind of think, too, even though COVID's kind of slowed down from the past couple times we've talked, I, I'm wondering how much of the fact of COVID plays into it, even if nothing else would be construction delays or something that would naturally happen. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. I do, that did jog my memory uh, that, yeah, someone mentioned like construction delays were kind of mm -hmm. an issue, but it sounds like most, it sounds like most, if not all of the schools that I highlighted were able to finish on time or are scheduled to finish on time before the school year ends. Um, so it sounds like, um, yes, COVID definitely threw a wrench in a lot of their plans, yeah. but luckily they were able to have the, the funding from school levies in the past. Um, so it sounds like everything was able to kind of work out. And then you also talked about masks. Interesting, especially for me, I've got a 14-year-old and an 8-year-old with special needs. Um, I'm assuming you're still working on this story. Uh, what are you hearing about that? Are, are parents concerned? Are they happy? What's, what are they kind of going through as they make this decision? 
Yeah, so it, it published online uh, Wednesday morning, but hasn't run the paper yet. Um, okay. But basically, I talked to a handful of uh, Columbus City School parents, and their students are under 12, which of course means that they're therefore not eligible, able to receive the vaccine currently. And so the parents I talked to um, were concerned about you know, their student potentially going into a classroom and masks are encouraged but not required currently in most districts in central Ohio. That is all subject to change uh, as, as is most things with COVID. And so they expressed concerns. Now I know that uh, that's just a few parents. I know there are some parents who probably, you know, are in favor of no masks. Um, but these parents, it's interesting because they are each doing three different options for their students. One is sending their student back in the classroom and she'll be wearing her student wearing a mask um and her parents were saying how it just the social aspects and the online schooling didn't really work and so um yes it is concerning sending your student to to school but long as she she was like i'm gonna wear a mask uh and so they're going in person but she has a lot the mom has a lot of concerns and her daughter has actually diabetes as well so she's at a higher risk of getting a more severe illness from COVID. And so that's like, you know, what's the lesser of two evils? It's like, you're gonna miss out, um, you know, if you go online and in-person school, but you might, you know, who knows what will happen in, in school, um, what illnesses, even more than just COVID could be in the classroom. And then another family is doing the blend ed option, which is the digital academy this year through Columbus City Schools, um, since they didn't wanna even risk it, uh, so they just decided that this is going to be best for my my student. Um, and he also has uh, a medical condition as well, and so that was kind of a no-brainer uh, for them in their situation. And then another family is kind of in the middle. They didn't sign up for the blend ed option, but um, they're not thrilled with sending their student into the classroom. They're going to kind of wait and see, you know, with the Delta variant, what's going to happen, and also just with the masking, since things things change so quickly with COVID. And so there's currently no masking requirement for Columbus City Schools, but it's 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 encouraged, but not required. And so she's kind of kind of wait and see what happens with that before making a decision for her her student come the fall. So that was interesting talking to to them and the CDC. You know, recently put out guidelines saying that you know if you're not vaccinated, you should wear a mask in school. If you are vaccinated, you don't have to. But they were encouraging schools to go all in. But then the American Academy of Patriotic, PD, the pediatrics earlier this week sent out, um, put out a statement urging uh, everyone to and up, no matter their vaccination status, to wear a mask in school. So it's kind of conflicting. And so I'm curious what districts will kind of do with this information. I don't yeah. envy them. Yeah, I've said this 20 times, and I'll say it again. Consider vaccination. I understand there's exceptions. Um, my kids have autism. My wife and I are trying to figure out what does that mean if they have autism. So there's exceptions. I'm not saying there should be no exceptions out there. But, you know, I, I got to tell you guys, I, I was running social media for our papers today. We posted a story about Alabamaers. Heartbreaking Facebook post. Hey, I'm, you know, she's saying, hey, you know, I'm seeing all these people who have COVID. And, you know, they don't think it's true, and they realize way too late. What are they going to do now? And consider being vaccinated. And I know there's a bunch of exceptions, and I, I don't want to make this podcast. Let's argue about vaccinations. But come on. it's We're to a point. You know, it's I, I just hate how politics get into it. Hey, I'm fully vaccinated. It makes me a lot more flexible to do things I wouldn't be able to do. And there's a lot less chance of me being sick if I'm 
get sick, I'm not going to die or end up on a, a um, what do you call it, a respirator or, or something like that. I mean, l- let's just be safe out there. And Hey, I care about people out there. It, it breaks my heart. And it, it triply breaks my heart when my Facebook wall, I'm seeing crazy conspiracy theories every day. If you don't want a vaccine, just say it. I don't want a vaccine. But stop spraying on information that could hurt other people. Okay, mm-hmm. that's my sermon for now. Shut up. Craig, before we move on, anything from what Megan said you wanted to ask about? Sorry, yeah. I want to group things yeah, together. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, your new school stories was very intriguing. We have a new school coming up in Fremont that I'm covering. Um, where a lot of, I saw that you had some some links in there about some bond levies that were passed, mm-hmm. but uh, are, are a lot of these, you know, because of aging buildings? Are they because of growing class sizes? Uh, is it a combination? Uh, how can you kind of describe maybe what's going on in central Ohio for maybe a population boom to something that, uh, that's leading to some of these new buildings coming up? Certainly. Yeah, I'd say really all of the above. I think, yeah, like aging buildings, especially in Upper Arlington's instance, it's an older building. But also I think the a lot of the Columbus suburbs are just really growing and expanding so rapidly with the student population. So um, s- some of the districts are opening an entirely new elementary schools because they just, they just need an extra one. Um, whereas, you know, Upper Arlington, they just more so, I think it's because they just wanted uh, a new building. But yes, it's definitely is like, yes, both the older buildings and also um, in some instances, just the expanding suburbs and they're just, really high numbers. Are they accounting for potential growth too? Like some schools have like mm-hmm. a 20% option to, to maybe build just in case there's growth. I mean, is that something that they're also looking into because of the, the suburb growth? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Like um, a lot of the new suburban schools, they're not at full capacity. Um, they're near full capacity, uh, which is interesting, but they're not quite at full capacity. Um, so I think that's something that they are looking at going forward as well. Uh, I'm a little newer to the education beat, so I've only been through uh, really the May levies. Uh, so I'm curious as we keep going forward, you know, in the fall and in the future, how many uh, more levies we'll we'll see because of that. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how people react to it. Like after COVID, do levies have a better chance or less of a chance? Not based on educational good or bad, just maybe people say, hey, we got to keep it tight. We don't want to improve it. So. Be interested mm-hmm. to see how voters react this fall, too. So. Yeah, definitely. I know Alyssa did a story about that very topic, I think, last fall, and so I'm sure we'll revisit it come November again. Very good. Well, hey, before we conclude for this hour, got to talk about pop culture stories. We definitely talk Ohio news. We definitely want to talk a lot about pop culture, too. Uh, we have Brooks hold on to, you know, we talk mini golf, but wanted to talk about this. And I got to open this up by confessing I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world. Um, I am a huge fan of The Office. I got in an office rabbit hole yesterday and spent half my shift having Office DVDs on the background. So I, I love the show. I got mad because at the end of The Office, uh, Jenna Fisher, well, well, poor Jenna Fisher, let me say it this way, because John Krasinski married Emily Blunt. And I'm sure they're in love. Uh, it's a great relationship. I, I'm not saying a bad ill versus John and Emily, but I really felt. I know it was a show. I know it was your actors. You're playing roles and everything. But I just thought, wouldn't it be perfect if Jenna Fisher and John Krasinski got married in real life? Wouldn't that be great? So uh, year or two kind of went downhill, kind of worrying about why John married Emily and all this other stuff. Well, there was a story that came out 
uh, Jenna Fisher's talking on her podcast uh, just about memories of the office and everything. And she dropped a nugget. Uh, there was a show that was on CBS for a couple of years, Man with a Plan. Extremely underrated show. I loved it. I thought uh, Matt LeBlanc's a funny character. He was great in the show. I'm a huge fan of Kevin Nealon. I'm old enough. I remember when he was on Saturday Night Live. He was great. I still think he's funny. But Jenna Fisher let it out that Jenna was up for the role of Matt LeBlanc's wife in the show. And as it came out, uh, they said no. And part of the reason they said is I don't think people would be cool with Pam, referring to her character in The Office, being married to Joey, the character on The Friends. And, you know, I almost came to blows with people, you know, talking about, um, you know, Pam and Jim not marrying in real life. But I'm, I'm upset about this. I mean, I love Man for Plan, and seeing Pam and Joey get together would have been fun. I think I missed out. What do you think, Megan? Yeah, I, I did not know that. I, I really enjoy The Office, but I, I'm not seeing Man with a Plan, but that would be really strange, I think, seeing, yeah, that combination of the characters. I just know those characters, I just know the actors as their characters from Friends and The Office, so that would that would be kind of weird to see. But that's interesting that they denied her that role for that reason. Interesting. And it was strange because ABC came out, the show didn't last that long. Um, Craig, you're a pop culture guy, you may have remembered. Uh, Jenna Fisher was on this ABC show where she played the wife, like her and the husband, who I actually think was on Wings. He was one of the guys on Wings, the old NBC sitcom. They got divorced. But, you know, they had kids, and for the kids, they lived in separate sides of the house. Yeah. So they kind of talked about their misadventures. And I'm like, hey, if Pam and Joe would be a problem, what about Pam and the guy from Wings? And they were <laughs> married on the show. No, the show lasted, I think, a year or two. It didn't do it that well, but I don't know. You know, it's it's, a, it's an interesting point because in a lot of ways you would think that this would be the perfect opportunity for CBS to capitalize on Matt LeBlanc popularity, although his popularity may have maybe a little bit in the waning stages. With Jenna Fisher's popularity coming off the office where you'd think this is a match made in heaven because you've got two really reliable sitcom stars that were ratings, you know, on, on ratings hits, but you also get to the point where when you go to these focus groups and people watch these sitcoms for, you know, their, their entertainment at night, you, you tend to have a, a tougher audience to win. And that's kind of what the, the studios want. They want audiences that are going to be tough because they want to make sure that the, the diehard sitcom fans are going to enjoy whatever sitcom it is, whether it's man with a plan or something, you know, that no one's ever heard of. So in a lot of ways, you're, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because everybody's going to remember her as Pam for the rest of their lives, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what she's going to be remembered for as well. And she's, she does an office podcast. Let's, but that's not bad. It's not a bad thing that she can rely on that. The problem is maybe it was just a too soon situation where unfortunately for her, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And CBS thought maybe in maybe two or three years down the road, it would have been better. Right. You know, instead of, a couple of years after the, the program had aired. I mean, so sometimes it's the gap in between your last playing the character versus when you're going to play your next character. And sometimes it's also people not really buying into you being anybody else other than Pam or other than Joey. I mean, let's face it, you know, Matt LeBlanc, even though Man of the Plan had a, a small little run, it, it, it's never gotten the popularity that Friends has gotten. And, and Matt LeBlanc has never really duplicated 
his I mean he had a, a Joey spinoff that did not succeed. And I think a yeah, lot of it comes bad. down to people people just, you know, you fall in love with a character and you want to see it, you think you want to see more of it, but at the end of the day, you probably don't and you probably shouldn't. Now, as far as her getting, you know, either fired or not not you know fully hired into this role because of her character meshing in with Joe. Well, Matt LeBlanc's in the show, so you already have Joey then. So why can't you have Jenna Fisher in there too, who you know is a reliable sitcom star? So I don't really like hearing these kinds of stories because I don't think an actor should be fired mm-hmm. because of something like this or not hired. I mean, you know, depending on how you want to view it. But I can understand why they're probably thinking, well, are people going to really believe it? The focus group is a finite amount of people. We're not talking thousands and thousands and potentially hundreds of thousands or millions of viewers like you would get on a sitcom on those national programs. But for whatever reason, when, when you hear that, that's when you get changes to shows or editing and movies and things like that, where people just, you know, they have this say and they really trust the focus groups are, are going to really, you know, lead them in the right direction. I mean, I did not watch Man with a Plan, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know that I would have watched it with Jenna Fisher in it or with Jenna Fisher and some other person. I mean, you know, you talked about the show that she had um, with the uh, the Wings actor, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Um, but again, that was, you know, maybe it was because, yeah, he was on Wings, but he wasn't the fresh off of a character that everybody remembers, like Joey, that Matt LeBlanc played. So it's a little easier for, it's a little bit more palatable for people to understand that she could be married to this guy or getting divorced from this guy or whatever, you know, the premise of a show would be. Well, I got to be careful when I say this because I'm saying this way too much in one podcast. I miss my calling. I love my job. I I like working with who I work for. Michelle, if you're listening, you're a great boss. (laughs) I I, got to say that. But, you know, I've already offered myself to go along with Brooks' girlfriend to play miniature golf around the country. And now I'm saying I miss my calling as a TV writer. But if I – we solve Man with the Pants problems with one or two simple steps. You write their past characters into the show. So just think, Jenna Fisher, okay? This doesn't have to become the whole show. John Krasinski doesn't need to make guest appearances. But maybe there's references to say, man, I used to be married to this guy named Jim. And, man, we had a tough time. I used to work at this crazy office in Pennsylvania. Yeah, don't have flashbacks. Don't have a reboot. That would be fantastic. And then... Wait, wait, and then Matt LeBlanc's character, I can't remember what he was called in the show, he could say, man, the girl that got away was Rachel. You know, I used to hang out at this club and or this coffee shop in you know, New York City. Oh, Craig, the show would last eight no. years with that. Here, here, no, here, okay. here's, why I, here's why I completely okay. disagree with that. First, I'll give you an example. Uh, the Kevin James sitcom, Kevin Can Wait, Oh, literally yeah, fired his on-screen wife to bring in uh, Leah Remini. Or yeah, that failed. The show ended up tanking, and and no one cared that. Oh, hey, you know, it's like a King of Queens reunion. So that's first. Okay. Secondly, if you bring those two characters from those two shows together, you've already besmirched the name of the Office. Which then you're basically saying that Pam and Jim did not last, which no one, no one wants to hear. No one wants to hear that. And I'm, yeah, I'm, tough time. No, I'm an office fan, but I'm not like a diehard office fan. And okay. even I would say that just 
people would not watch because then what you're doing is you're creating a villain in the new the new love interest because now it's yeah. like oh this is the guy that's that's taking the place of Jim even if he's not like replacing Jim he's taking the place of Jim even if she dumped Jim it doesn't matter because now you've broken up America's couple to bring bring her together with someone that's not Jim and people are going to I don't think anybody would have watched that show. I mean, I don't, you're not going to get a zero rating because I'm sure their parents would watch it. But you're 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 treading dangerous water by saying, "Oh well, America's cutest couple just broke up, and now I'm going to be with the guy that couldn't settle down for the life of himself into this new into this new sitcom where they're kind of merging together." Okay, well, I, we, we, I don't know that that would work. Well, we got to close in a minute, but let me call Jim out real quick because we got to be careful. Megan, we got in a conversation like this the other day, and an hour-long podcast turned to here we go. Uh, what was it? Eighty-five hour-long podcast. It was crazy. So, let's okay. We're going to end this talk yeah. in three minutes, but okay. let me make this point real quick, and we need to hear from Megan what she thinks about this. Okay, maybe I was wrong. I got mad at John Krasinski because he married Emily Blunt, but maybe John Krasinski's a jerk. But just think about on the show the last season, and, and Megan. Are you an Office fan? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. We got mad when Pam and Jim started having problems in the last season. But look, Jim took a job. Uh, they were in Scranton, PA. Mm-hmm. Jim took a job in PA. He was doing memes without even telling his, you know, Pam. I mean, can you imagine? I could bring my wife down and ask, what if I took a job in Nashville today? And I'm having meetings. I'm ready to go. I don't tell my wife. Oh, she'd be furious. So, boo on Jim, boo on John Krasinski, because look, these Hollywood movies, I'm sure John Krasinski and Emily Blunt have feelings for each other. It's actually... Uh, I would hope so. They're well, <laughs> as I take the tongue on my cheek, because obviously I'm, I'm trying to cause yeah. some controversy. I, I, the relationship is fine. They married the right person. But John Krasinski could bit the bullet. It's a Hollywood relationship to say, however I feel about Jane Fisher... It would have done good if I really married Janet Fisher. Didn't happen. So Janet's been through a couple of relationships. Poor Janet Fisher. She's sitting there when she should marry John Krasinski. And look, maybe Janet Fisher should have married Matt LeBlanc in real life. So we can't <laughs> rectify this problem in real life, but we could have rectified this problem in Man with a Plan where we could have solved all the problems. Hey, I don't want to break relationships. Can I, can I say something really quick before Megan jumps in on her oh, final yeah, thoughts yeah. on it? Okay. Yes, yes. So it wasn't, and now again, I am not a humongous diehard office fan. I do enjoy okay. it, but okay, I'm not like hardcore every, you know, whatever. But what didn't Jim take that job to kind of make their lives better for the future? Like to give their his family a better future? Or am I completely wrong with that? I can't remember. I thought he took that job to ensure a better future for himself and his family. But he didn't tell us but he didn't tell us significant other. And it it wasn't just a significant other, it was a wife. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm just I'm just throwing that out there though, because you know, being in the paper business, you know, maybe wanted to spread the wings a little bit and and ensure that there was a future job for himself and to make sure that he could, you know, continue supporting his family. So I just wanted to say that Megan, you can the floor is yours. You can maybe please Megan. Maybe you can break the tie here between Chris and <laughs> Yes. <laughs> don't, don't put me in the middle. I'm already a child of a divorce. I don't want to okay. kick on. All right. All right. <laughs> um, but um, 
No, I, I, I did not like the how in the last season of The Office. I love the show. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't like how in the last season. Yeah, they were like fighting, and I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I didn't like how the writers like wrote that in. Like I know that you know, no relationship is perfect, but uh, you know, their relationship was damn near perfect. <laughs> so oh, yeah. that I did not really care for. Um, so I don't know. I like to think of that. I like to talk them to the writers as I don't know their their mistake. I put that more on them. <laughs> And I take credit for Megan's her argument because John Krasinski could have stopped it. John could have said, "Hey, we deserve a happy ending." And they did get a happy ending at the end. It's true. But John could have said, "Hey, stop this crap." But you know, Chris, you, we talk we we talk about actors and actresses, and you talk about method acting, which is like re- immersing yourself into a role, like Christian Bale losing seventy pounds to play a, a character of the Machinist. Or someone gaining weight or losing weight or whatever it may be, changing a facial feature. How method acting would it have been if Jim and Pam, John Krasinski and, and Jenna Fisher had gotten married in real life? That's method acting right there. You're going to really put yourself into that role and say, we're going to be married in real life. Maybe that's where you should go with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. John Krasinski dropped the ball. Yeah. He was like, hey, you're my job here. And, you know, Emily Blunt's winking at me, so... See it, see it, see it, Jenna. Would you you watch like a John, a Jim and Pam reboot then? I mean, or because he's married to uh, Emily Blunt, you can't see him being married on a show to Pam in a reboot of like their lives together now. Well, I don't want to break John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. That would be (laughs) weird too. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why the reboot shouldn't happen. Have have you guys seen the movie A Quiet Place? You know, there's yes, yeah. Yeah. That's that's Emily Blunt, right? Isn't that, that is Emily Blunt? Yes. Yeah. That so is so yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Because they're you know they're married in real life and also in, in the movie. How dare Jim Jim direct <laughs> a movie about monsters and and fight? You know he's Jack Ryan in Amazon the Amazon mm-hmm. Prime oh, series. Yeah. So he's like a you know he's like a muscular like Jim doesn't look like that. Where's his like little shaggy bolt cut and huh? no muscle definition? Come on, J- Jim. Well, John Krasinski, let's well, say Jim, you know, his life went to pot. You know, he married Emily Blunt. He wanted to get buff in this Jack Ryan Amazon thing. And he almost and, was Captain America. Well, he was and, like that close to being Captain America. And poor Jenna Fisher, to answer Megan's question, now they're doing movies together. And Jenna's like, what the heck? <laughs> could have had this. Yeah, it could have been me. I, I could have been in a quiet place, could have been walking around. Something something tells me that Jenna Fisher is doing quite well with syndication of The Office along with the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming she's doing pretty well. But it comes back to family. Hey, you know, work's great. We're all employed. We're doing good stuff for our paper. But, man, the family ties just – yeah. So if, you're, if, you're, if you're putting Jenna Fisher and John Krasinski back together in real life, do you give them the same kids that were in the show? Like, do you force God. the kids to become their kids? I haven't gotten that far yet. Well, we gotta we gotta explore that yeah, right. Jim's got Jim's got right to wrong. Or John, we gotta we gotta get somebody right on the wrong. podcast from there so we can re- explore this rabbit hole further. <laughs> okay, we'll have to do that. Well, we're getting dangerous close to going too long because we got something else we gotta record. But Megan, thanks so much for your time. Remind us. I, I mean, uh, you're as bad as John Krasinski if you're not following Megan Henry on Twitter. But if <laughs> You are making that mistake. What's your Twitter so we can follow you? Yeah, it's real simple. It's at Megan K. Henry. Don't forget the K. Okay. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure.
yeah, thanks for coming on, Megan. And uh, as always, you know, Craig, it's great to have you on. We're doing daily podcasts. Again, we're going crazy trying to tape these all one night. But but check us out every day. Share us with your friends. Uh, real quickly, um, our advertisers, uh, Chase Bank. If you're like, what have I done for my life for the past hour and 10 minutes? Go to Chase Bank. Click our link. Sign for account. You get 225 bucks. We will pay you for listening to this podcast. So, and why would we pay you? I mean, it, it was great. Um, uh, what else? Um, Ashley Home Store. Check it out for furniture. You can shop at your house. Why go out? Um, you know, I, Megan, on my off days, you know, you work hard during the week. I only mm -hmm. spend my off day walking around a furniture store. No. So I'm not saying don't go to Ashley Home Store. Use our link. Get the, um, you know, the discount. And you can do your shopping at home. They'll deliver it to you. Save you a lot of time and money. So, as always, thanks for your time. Thanks for checking out the Ohio. And have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.